Blackhawks Live. It always helps when you win. <laughs> Go Blackhawks! That's hockey, baby! From the downtown studios of WGN Radio, it's time for Blackhawks Live. Let's pull back the curtain. Go behind the scenes of your favorite hockey team. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kanan Taves Drive. Here's Chris Bowden and Nick Gizmondi. Excited to be joining you once again at 7 o'clock on a Monday night for an hour of Blackhawks conversation as we always do it, unless the Blackhawks are playing on a Monday night. Hello once again, Nick Ismondi. How many sh- strokes did you shave off of the game this week? Uh, we worked on putting this week, so oh, really? we're, we're in a better place, I think, Chris. <laughs> a better place, mentally at least. Hi, yes. buddy. I miss you. How's uh, things? Uh, same here. Uh, doing okay. It was kind of a roller coaster week for this team. Yeah. Uh, you know, coming off of that one and five road trip, you build up excitement. You get re-energized by the fact that you're finally able to figure out a way to beat the Florida Panthers in regulation. But then I had a little bit of trepidation going into that back-to-back against Nashville because this is a team the Blackhawks have been struggling against uh, since that 2017 first-round playoff sweep by the Predators, to, to be quite honest. And that was a team coming in with some momentum. You hope the Hawks built enough momentum uh, behind those two victories against the, against the Panthers. You get Kirby Doc back as well, but it just wasn't to be this Nashville team executing. They, they The light has gone on for them in the, in the last three weeks, and all of a sudden they're right there in the thick of the playoff chase two weeks out of the trade deadline. Yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about on the the end of the last show a week ago. We said, you know, this is where teams, you you really want to peak, you really want to turn at exactly the right time. And Nashville is is a team in a situation where they're sort of, they're in that upward trend and, and you know peaking probably at the right time and 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 right now Chicago's still trying to figure some things out. I was super encouraged by the way they played Florida. Thought that was massively, you know, I think that that was a massive step in the right direction for them. But the, that that step back against Nashville, you, you know, I think you heard the comments from you know it saying, you know, they got to find their identity. They've mm-hmm. got to stay consistent. They have to understand that when they play the way that they're supposed to play, good things happen. And, and I think the most frustrating thing for this organization right now is just figuring out how to do that consistently, game in and game out. Yeah, because that's exactly what Nashville was doing. You know, playing a hard game, relentless. That's what Jeremy's asking of his yeah. guys when the Hawks have been successful. That's exactly been their, their MO, their identity, if you will. And that just seemed to be missing. They were back on their heels pretty much from the opening puck drop because because, you know, Nashville scores five minutes into each of these games. And with the difficulty the Blackhawks have scoring against this team, it's almost like you're feeling like it's a mountain to climb. Since that 27, I repeated these numbers on the podcast today, I did on the broadcast as well over the weekend. 20 games now since the that uh, four-game sweep that started with that four-game sweep in 2017. Blackhawks and Nashville had played 20 games. The Hawks have totaled 36 goals in those 20 games. Seven of them came in one game, and they're 4-12-4 against the Predators. And this spans a couple of coaches as well, too. It's, it's just kind of a mystery. And four more games to go against Nashville this season, including Saturday afternoon down in Music City. They have to find a way to figure that out, Nick. Yeah, four very big games against Nashville, and I think you 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 look at a confidence factor as well, skill wise, but confidence wise, you know the other game's a great example. The uh, the game last night, you know, a huge comeback. You know, I watched it. I'm thinking, all right, here we go. That's step in the right direction. Just hang on, pick up one point here at the you know at the least, and get into it. But Nashville has that confidence against Chicago to come out and and pull off that win in the in the final minutes, and then you know you got that in the back of your head. Now when you go up when you go up against these guys. 
guys a, a couple more times, like you said. But I think the most important thing to keep in mind here is is that they are massive points on the board. And again, to Brink had said it, that these are these are big moments. It's do or die pretty much every game right now. And we knew it was going to come down to that. But I, I still will attest that I think the biggest games of the season are going to be the last four against Dallas. Yeah, we'll have uh, Carolina coming up this week, and we will preview that and reminisce a little bit with our guest in our second half hour, Justin Williams, who retired this season, now a member of the Hurricanes front office. He will join us a little bit later on the show. But after this timeout, we are pleased to be joined by the assistant general manager in terms of uh, in charge of player development for the Blackhawks, Mark Eaton. We'll talk about his role, his staff, what they do, and some of the prospects in the pipeline, how he's staying in touch with them and how they're looking. That's all straight ahead when we come back. On the other side, this is Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Canaan Taves drive on 720 WGN. Debrinket at center ice, racing it over the Preds line, works it from forehand to backhand, shoots, he scores! With a forehand wrist shot, the cat strikes again! This time he rolled through the crease, puck on the backhand, went to the forehand, That's John's call from last night, an absolutely brilliant individual effort by Alex Dabrinkit, who has now matched his entire uh, goal total from last season, 18. He scored his 17th and 18th, uh, less than two minutes apart last night. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks ended up falling to the Nashville Predators by a final score of 3-2. to Welcome back to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive with Kane and Taves Drive, along with Nick Gismondi. I'm Chris Bowden. We are pleased now to be joined by the Blackhawks Assistant General Manager in, ter- in charge of players' development. It's in his sixth year with the organization after a promotion to that role uh, late last year, and uh, that's following a playing career of 650 games with four Four different clubs, including the 2009 Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins, played collegially at Notre Dame. We welcome in Mark Eaton. Mark, thanks a bunch for joining us. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yes, Looking and, forward to the conversation. Yeah, us too. And and uh, for those who may not be as familiar, your title. Explain what your current role is now, and and how you oversee things in that role, and as well how you became a member of the Blackhawks organization once your playing career ended. Yeah, so I'll start with the uh, with the latter. You know, I became became a member. Uh, I think it's seven years ago now. So, um, you know, when my playing career ended in, in 2013, um, and you know, I had prepared all of that off season to, to play that year, and then nothing really came of it, um, and just was going to take the year off. But it, it was only you know a month or two into it, just really. Uh, really started to miss the game, um, and you know I'm sure all newly retired pros will tell you you know you get you get bored pretty quickly. So um, you know between that and, and missing the game, wanted to get back into it in some capacity. So uh, just reached out to, to general managers that that I played for, um, and there were really no opportunities there. And then kind of on a whim, sent uh, sent an email to to Stan. Uh, you know, being that we had. Uh, the Notre Dame connection uh, in common, um, and turns out that the timing was pretty good. The uh, spot had just opened up uh, as a player development coach to, to specialize with the defenseman, and that, that's kind of how I got into the organization. So, um, you know, what they say, timing is everything. But as, as far as my role now, um, you know, just main main responsibilities are are heading up our our player de- development department, the, the great staff that we have in place there. 
um, keeping an eye and, and working with our uh, amateur prospects that are uh, aren't pros yet, scattered throughout North America and Europe, uh, Russia, um, and then you know keeping an eye on on Rockford as well. And, and uh, uh, you know we have staff in there with with Pete Aubrey, Brian Campbell, Yannick Perot that uh, that supplement what what Anders Sorensen and, and Derek King do um you know allows that allows our staff is able to to work more specifically on skill work and and positional stuff um and and you know the the amateur staff myself uh, eric condra kendall coin showfield we've we've had the opportunity uh with the schedule being what it is we've we've gotten in there a couple times so far this year um and and we we help out as well so uh that's a lot. That's the uh, the the short of it. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah that's that's it. And then you know with the the promotion you talked about with the the assistant GM, it's just um, you know just being being involved in in some of the uh, hockey ops conversations that take place, whether it's uh, trades, free agency, drafting, uh, just all around, uh, just being a voice. Uh, a voice to, to Stan um, and, and Al uh, as far as just expressing my opinions, um, drawing on my experience as a player, my the previous six years in player development, and, and just adding uh, adding info and, and opinions uh, where, where I'm able. This year has got to be weird in terms of just being able to keep an eye on sort of everything, everywhere. I mean, it would be different, you know, in other years. But I mean, how are you? How are you communicating with those guys? Maybe that aren't directly there all the time with guys that you drafted that are maybe overseas or or, or whatnot. Is it? Has it been a struggle? Has it been a huge adaption for you guys? You know what? Not too much. I mean, if anything, it it kind of opened our eyes to some other possibilities out there that we'll probably continue with when things get back to quote-unquote normal. Uh, I mean, we've uh, done a lot of Zoom sessions, a lot of video teaching, um, and, you know, I think we've we've found it to be pretty effective. And, and if, you know, the, the situation wasn't what it was with this year and the pandemic and lockdowns and us not being able to travel or go to games, these are these are tools and ways of communicating that we may not have otherwise uh, found. So um, if anything, taking the positives out of this year, I think we've, we've found some tools to add to, to our repertoire that, that um, enhance our communication, our coaching and teaching abilities with these prospects that we'll, we'll continue to use going forward. Yeah. It's all you can do is try and take the positives out of, out of what's going on the past year. Now, unless some of the prospects are in Rockford, they're playing for other coaches, you know, whether it's whether it's college, juniors, overseas. Tell us about the, the balancing act that you guys have as you try to mentor and, you know, uh, coach up and, and give your opinions or, or tips uh, to the prospects under your control that are playing for other coaches, though. There has to be a fine line that you have to walk and not to cross too many lines in terms of what that coach may be saying or or is it is it pretty common that uh most of you guys are on the same page when it comes to some of the prospects and the coaches they are currently playing for no you're 100 percent correct I, I think that i've always said that is that's the hardest part of this job when you're when you're working with the the amateur guys who like you said they have their everyday coaches and the coaches that they're 
um, interacting with and playing for on a daily basis. You know, if, it, if it's us on the player development staff, we're, you know, we're communicating with these guys uh, a handful of times uh, throughout a month. We'll see them play, um, you know, two, three, four, five times in a month. So um, that's, you know, that's fractional compared to the, the amount of times that their current, that their everyday coaches are with them. So first and foremost, we have to establish a relationship with their coaches um, and, and kind of get a sense of the, the things that they like out of their players, the things that they teach. Um, and if anything, we, we just try to supplement. You know, we're, we're not going to talk systems with our prospects. It's going to be more kind of uh, universal uh, teaching points, you know, whether for defensemen it's uh, – stick positioning or or reads or, or net from play gapping whatever it might be uh it's it's up to us um on the player development end to know what the other coach what the prospects coach is expecting of them because the, the last thing we want to do is have our prospects heads uh spinning and <laughs> you know 360 degrees he's telling me this he's telling me that um, and then ultimately it puts them in a bad position. And then we tell them first and foremost, we give them the, um, the caveat. If, if we're telling you anything that's contradicting your coach, then disregard what we're saying because the, the number one thing for development is to play. And, and you have to do what you have to do to, to have your coach's trust and for him to put you out on the ice in all situations. So, um, but, but yeah, it is, it, it's, uh, a lot of times it is a tough balancing act more often than not. Um, you know, what we want to teach a player and things that we see that will make them better, uh, that their coach sees, sees eye to eye for the most part. Uh, I mean, I think, um, more often than not, uh, the, the players coaches have their best interests at heart and, um, you know, their development, if they're getting better, their team's getting better. So, um, it, it's not often that there's, there's conflicts in that regard. Certainly, uh, a big thing over the summer was the, the the rebuild word that came into play with this with this group right now, and and the focus that that's going to sort of have moving forward, and obviously the role that you're going to play in 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 that development and in that rebuild. So, with who you have in the pipeline right now, are there uh, are there any little uh, little gems that you wanna you wanna pique everybody's <laughs> interest about? Anybody you're really excited about that uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise for us? Yeah, I mean, I like to uh, I, I like to keep things tempered down. I don't I like to uh, what's the saying uh, under hype and over deliver. So, <laughs> but um, you know, our our first rounder from this year, Lucas Reichel, has definitely impressed. And and um, you know, watching him on video and and uh, you know Eric Condra and and Kendall Coyne, Showfield working with him throughout the season uh, very closely and the and the progression that they've seen there they um you know they think that there's a very very high ceiling for for him and and someone that uh blackhawks fans may see in the lineup uh very shortly but um again it's um you know like the with, with development it's you don't want to rush it right i mean you don't want to put guys in situations before they're ready because uh, ultimately that can that can stunt their growth or, or set them back so um, I I use the term I, I like to play the long game but um, you know guys that have been in the pipeline for a while guys like a, a Jakob Galvis who, who's finishing up his year in Finland um, has just he this is his 
fourth year post draft, and he's just improved every year. Mm-hmm. He's gotten better every year, um, and we're excited to see uh, what what he can do in North America. Um, maybe as shortly as a month from now, or um, the start of next season, whenever that may be. But um, yeah, I, I uh, it, it's difficult to to talk about individual guys uh, because I especially the year that was, I think every single one of our prospects has um, really shown resilience and, and professionalism, even though they're not pros, in, in finding ways to, to better themselves this year, some on abbreviated schedules, some in bubbles, uh, some uh, like uh, guys that are in Rockford right now, Isaac Phillips, Chad Yetman, Cole Moberg, guys that really should still be playing junior that, that have been playing in the AHL for the last couple months. And, and I've been doing well. So um, it's been, a, uh, I think, a positive year for, for all of our prospects. And they've all, um, you know, in, improved one way or, or another. As uh, we wrap up with you here, um, I know Kendall's, Kendall's a busy woman. And it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant move to hire her, uh, along with Eric Condra, uh, to the player development staff. Uh, you mentioned her name and in, in being involved with Lucas Reichel. How has she been received here? Um, there's not a whole lot of her kind out there, and, and the Blackhawks making the brilliant move to hire her. How has she been received when uh, she's the one picking up the phone or hopping on the ice and, and working with some of these guys? I think she's been received very well. Uh, I mean, both from the players and and everyone in the organization. Um, I mean, I as far as our, our prospects are concerned, I mean, I was asked that question a few times um, early on when, when she was hired, uh, how, how I thought prospects would, um, you know, would respond to her or, or receive her. And, you know, my, my answer then has only been validated that these guys, um, they just, they want, feedback they want to get better um whether it's coming from a, a, a male former nhler a female who's still playing the game um you know and she she's been great i mean she's so knowledgeable and and the fact that she's still in the game like she's as close to to she's probably closer to these guys than uh, than certainly me and then eric Condra too just retired last year so um you know she still has both feet in the door of her playing career, and there's so many more things that you uh, that you learn and take in as a player that that she's been able to uh, relay to our prospects, and and uh, yeah, the, the she's been received uh, very well by all of our prospects. They've they've all any anybody that she's worked with uh, or formed a relationship with has uh, has benefited from it, and um, you know. The, strong relationship there. That is so great to hear. Well, Mark, uh, thanks for all the insight and for taking a few minutes out to join us. A belated congratulations on the promotion and uh, uh, keep up the great work. <laughs> uh, we, we can't wait to see what, uh, who's, who's coming up next in the, in the, in the prospect pipeline here. Uh, appreciate your time and uh, have a good week. Let's uh, go get them against Carolina, okay? My pleasure. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Mark Eaton joining us here. Here is the assistant general manager in charge of player development for the Blackhawks receiving that promotion a a little bit before the the season began as the Blackhawks made some structural changes to the front office uh, 
certainly looks like uh, for the better, especially with Mark's role in it. Time for our first break here, our next break, I should say, at the bottom of the hour. And coming up after the 7.30 News with Roger Badish, we will be joined by Mr. Game 7, Justin Williams, now a member of Carolina's front office. Speaking of players who have recently retired and moving into the front office, that is Mr. Game 7, and we will visit with him and reminisce and look ahead to the series with the Carolina Hurricanes. All straight ahead when Blackhawks Lab, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. What an effort by Justin Williams once again tonight in a Game 7. Wilson couldn't get his stick on the puck. Hurricanes keep it alive. Williams towards the net. Score! They score! Hey, hey, what do you say? The Canes win in overtime. It is seventh heaven. And the Carolina Hurricanes have advanced to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Ah, the dulcet tones of Johnny Forslund there. As we continue here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com, drive what Kane and Taves drive. Chris Moden, along with Nick Ismondi, and it is our pleasure now to bring in the guy they've called Mr. Game 7. Eight and one in those instances. Seven goals, 15 points in those Game 7s. And after calling it a career, he is now a special advisor to Carolina Hurricanes GM Don Waddell. We welcome in Justin Williams. And a two-pronged question to start you out. First of all, how many shots do you give my, my co-host out there on the golf course? And secondly, uh, how is retirement treating you as you as you get bumped up in the uh, front office over in Carolina? Uh, well, let me answer your question in two parts. Um, <laughs> number one, um, uh, it's a lot, um, <laughs> but he's got his new clubs lately, so um, I'm thinking maybe a couple less. Okay, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we're out there because he's a hoot to play with. That's for sure. Um, and uh, the second part of the question, I actually just forgot because I was so interested in the first. <laughs> so what was it? How, how retirement street? We just had Mark Eaton on, and you know he's uh, you know played for four teams during his career. He's now an assistant GM and, and uh, in charge of player development for the Blackhawks. And uh, now you're wearing uh, one of those hats in in Carolina's front office. Yeah, I mean, I actually. Funny is I actually played with Mark Eaton my mm-hmm. first uh, year or so in Philadelphia, so yeah. uh, I know him a little bit. Always a always a super guy, but um, I, I'm 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 enjoying retirement. Um, you know, I've been I've been keeping myself pretty busy. Um, you know, certainly with a couple uh, kids that are um, you know very very active. So that, that's that's been a lot of fun with me, and um, obviously watching the Canes games and. Um, you know, giving my input uh, um, when it's needed and when it's asked for um, is something that's kind of a perfect situation right now for me. Buddy, always a pleasure getting to chat with you in a professional setting. And, uh, yeah, you, you're still giving me a lot of strokes, by the way. Keep it clean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, uh, tell me a little bit about this Carolina Hurricanes team. We, you know, so, so much was, has been made of them, especially here in the last uh, – in the last few years and a lot of a resurgence uh, for, for them. And, and now I, I kind of think that Rod Brindamore has a big part of that, but I feel like the, the character that, that is being built in Carolina certainly speaks to what the product is on the ice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the important thing for, for, for myself, certainly, but, but certainly that the team in general is, is, relevancy um for, for such a long time uh, they weren't really relevant um you know you, you, teams would come in they you know assume they'd get two points they'd get out of there and, and that was that and now uh, a certain level of 
respect has been established throughout the league throughout the past few years, and and that's something that uh, that I'm very proud of. That uh, that the, the guys are very proud of, and certainly management has been proud of as well. Um, and especially you know having an owner like um, Tom Dunham who, who spends to the cap and is going to continue to spend to the cap um, is is very very uh, refreshing as a player. And, and uh, you know hopefully this uh, Hurricane team will become uh, a landing spot for for hopefully a lot of people who want to play on a good team. And, have some sustained success. Well, uh, they come to town here tomorrow night, uh, one point out of first place. Uh, not that they needed any shot, shots in the arm, but uh, uh, lately, uh, tell me a little bit more about the the end guys. Natchez, who was named the uh, second star of the week this week after a, a huge game a couple of nights ago. And uh, Nedeljkovic, who uh, was uh, certainly called upon in kind of a semi-emergency, but he has certainly delivered with the opportunities that he's gotten in net. Sure, you know, absolutely. I mean, Martin Lutz, he's he's always been dynamic, but now it's it's he's doing it in the game and, and you know, especially that last game, you know, I saw him play against Tampa Bay, he was up to the scoreboard was, was what it was. Scored a couple of goals, got a couple of assists and was, was one of the main reasons we we ended up winning that game. We were able to come from behind and win, but but there were a lot of other instances in that game that probably aren't on the highlights that that he he creating stuff out there. And every time he's out there himself and and, and Aho and Nita out of that line, they're they're creating a lot of stuff every single time they're out there, and they're doing that against the other team's top line and the other team's shut down D. So it's one thing to do it, um, you know, against uh, you know a second and third pairing, but but when you're getting their best and and you're doing it consistently, um, that's a step in the right direction for us. And for us to be great, um, you know, he's going to have to be a, a really impactful player for us. Willie, you spent a lot of years with the Los Angeles Kings in, in the heyday, won two cups there, won a con smite there, and the battles back and forth every year with the Chicago Blackhawks were, were legendary. I had, a, I had a front row seat to those. But tell me what it was about the rivalry between L.A. and Chicago in those big years in, in the early 2000s that really kind of stand out in your mind and, and, and what excited you about playing the Hawks at that time? Yeah, I mean, it seemed for, for three, four years there, it was just, it, it seemed like it was going to be a head-on collision in the conference finals. That's what it seemed to be every year. Um, you know, obviously the years that, uh, you know, we won the Stanley Cup in L.A. and then they won. Um, it, was, it was quite a good back and forth. And, and to be honest, probably the best, one of the top two series is maybe, if not the best series I've ever been a part of, was um, I think 2014 mm-hmm. um, in the conference finals. We played Chicago, went to went to seven games, double overtime in seven games. Um, obviously, I have fond memories of of, <laughs> of that. Um, but all that aside, um, it was just the ups and downs of the playoff series. You know, that's going down one nothing, and then winning three straight, being up 3-1, and then they won the next two games to make it 3-3, and going back to Chicago, and you all know how awesome Chicago is to play, and the home ice that that, that they really earn, um, and how loud that place can be, is very intimidating, and um, it was one of the best series I've been a part of, and um, I think probably everyone that played in that one would, would have memories of that as well. Yeah, and uh, well, it didn't turn out right for those of us up here. At least that 2014 one, yeah. but it was it was it was your revenge. Was there anything particularly? You know, you've played in so many playoff series. Was there anything particularly 
unique about those matchups as opposed to you know some of the others when you were in Washington and in Carolina and whatnot? Uh, I think it was just the momentum swings of of, of the games and, and the wins and the pressure and uh, it was it was just you really had to keep a level head um, <laughs> because obviously both teams were were were, were very dynamic and. Um, certainly the Hawks could score at will and they could turn a game upside down real quick. And, um, you know, the goaltenders are the goaltenders. They're, they're on top of their games as well. So um, just just really, really fond memories of those times that, that, that you get to battle against the best in the world. Um, and those are the things that, that, that as a player you just relish. You, you want that opportunity to do that. Justin, as you get a chance to sort of kind of step into the – the business role of, of hockey have you have you kind of set any goals for yourself do you do you know what what the next steps are, are you kind of just feeling it out what uh what's what's sort of next for 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 justin williams here in the world of hockey right um i mean that's a question that that i'm trying to answer myself and and that is really something you can only answer through experience um you know what you want to be you know people always say you you finish playing a game for for your whole life and all right what do you want to be when you grow up and and that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at right now what what do i want to do i'm pretty sure i want to stay involved in hockey because really that's that's all i know i have other interests but uh that's uh um you know something i think i want to stay close to and um this position that i'm in right now and i'm dipping my toe in pretty much every single um angle and and seeing if I like it, I'm um, seeing seeing if I like this side of it, and seeing if I can excel in it. Um, see if I can be any good at evaluating players, at uh, um, you know scouting, at at, at uh, um, the many things that uh, that the management side um, entails. So it's been fun so far. It's been insightful, and um, you know I'm looking forward to uh, um, the rest of the season here. Uh, one more from me, and then I'll uh, see if Uncle Nick wants to uh, close it out with uh, one more from him there. But what uh, what are your impressions of uh, these Blackhawks from a distance? They've only faced him three times, but uh, they've exceeded a lot of people's expectations with what they've been able to do this season. Uh, what's been your take on uh, on these twenty twenty one Blackhawks? Yeah, I mean, not to not to sound um, a downer to the Blackhawks or anything, but but I. I was kind of like everyone else. I didn't assume that they would be um, so good. And and at the start of the season, you know, kind of um, figured they might be um, towards the bottom. But, I mean, they've been they've been super dynamic. They, they're actually very, very tough to play against um, because they're always – I find their defensemen are always moving. They're always up the ice. And, um, you know, they pass to their D and then they're up the ice. So you really have to stay on your toes as a forward, um, knowing that there's going to be four, sometimes even five guys up in the play on offense trying to score. And um, if you're not on top of your game, they will hurt you. And, um, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are playing well. And, and obviously, you know, with Patrick Kane, I know a lot about him and, and what he's been able to do. And, um, it's just, it really is impressive. It seems year after year, you, you, you just tip your cap. And um, he's obviously played unbelievable and is leading them, and among other guys. But uh, um, certainly the pedigree is, is, has been there, and that's, that's a trickling down. And um, they've been a great team, and they've been tough on Carolina this year as well. 
Willie, a guy you're familiar with, he, he's had an impact uh, this season and, and last year until he got injured, but proud of him to make the bounce back is, is Calvin DeHaan. Uh, you spent some time with him in Carolina. Uh, what, what does he bring to this, this team in, in the locker room and, and on the ice? Yeah, just, uh, uh, you know, you certainly have guys who you play with that you kind of were like, oh, did I play with that guy? Oh, yeah, I think I did. He's not one of those guys, right? He's going to be a guy that you always remember. You'd be like, oh, Hagan, yeah. And you have a smile on your face, and you're like, oh, yeah, that guy, yeah. Um, I, he, he obviously was dealt a little rough rough couple years, and, and I can certainly certainly uh, um, feel his pain to, 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 some, uh, to some aspect. But uh, for him to come back and, and um, you know, from those shoulder injuries, um, and, and maintain um, a level head because I certainly know it's 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 not easy when you just feel like get beat down again and again and again. He's come back and played an awesome top four role um, for Chicago, eating up a, a ton of minutes, and he's very very composed with the puck, a great teammate, um, and obviously a guy that uh, um, hopefully has found a, a solid role there, and, and looks like he has. Well, Justin, thanks uh, for taking a few minutes out with us. A pleasure for me to talk to you. I know you talk to Nick all the time, but it was a pleasure for me to talk to you and get a little insight into Carolina and look back on those uh, great playoff series between the Blackhawks and the LA Kings. We uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, good luck moving forward with the role as a, a special advisor over there in Carolina. Thank you very much, guys, and good luck to your team as well. Just uh, not tomorrow. (laughs) But if not tomorrow, Thursday, right? So, uh, Justin, thanks a bunch. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Willie. All right, take care. Justin Williams joining us here. Mr. Game 7, and uh, there was one Game 7 in particular that is painful for Blackhawk fans, and he was a part of it on the ice over at the United Center back in 2014. A lot of folks thinking it denied the Blackhawks a third, what would have been the second of three consecutive Stanley Cups. We are backed up. We need a break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll get some final thoughts here as we uh, roll it out up until 8 o'clock. You're listening to Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. 751 here on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Chris Bowden, Nick Gizmati back with you as uh, we head down the home stretch of this particular program. Uh, boy, two great conversations there, Nick. Uh, it's great to uh, hear from Justin Williams as his playing days come to an end, kind of taking a track at least early on to uh, what we had from our first guest in Mark Eaton. So uh, hockey always in the lifeblood, and sometimes uh, some of these guys just uh, it's, uh, I can understand how it's difficult, and they, they want this is all they know, and they want to keep their hands uh, somehow involved in the game. And we'll see if it pans out Justin's way like it has with Mark. Yeah, you know, listen, I mean, he's a he's an incredible person. He's an incredible hockey mind. So those are the kinds of guys you want to stay involved in the game, right? You want them to develop. You want them to continue. And, you know, Justin's doing that, you know, at the NHL level. But he's also, you know, he's got a young son who's about to turn 13. And, and he's a pretty good hockey player. So he's involved coaching, a you know, a AAA team there in, in, in Carolina. And, and I just think that guys like that like Mark, like Justin, you you want those guys in the game still. You want them putting their fingerprints on the next generation. You want them contributing to the DNA of the greatest sport in the world. And it, it excites me that, you know, that Justin has gotten into that. You know, he, he and I have been friends since we were 15 years old. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that when he did retire that he'd still find a way to be involved. And I was excited that he took that step quickly and, and didn't take much time off from, from the sport of hockey. Well, uh, we mentioned it uh, at the top of the show about Kirby Doc returning to the lineup and, uh, 
I think in a lot of ways, I don't know how it would look like from you from afar on, on television, but uh, sitting there in person at the United Center on Saturday night, uh, he may have been the best player on the ice for the Blackhawks. Uh, they probably needed some more guys pulling a little bit more, but I, I think he was their best player out there, and it only took, what, four minutes in for him to just burst through the Nashville defense which wasn't an easy thing to do this weekend against the Predators, and he created himself an opportunity, unable to finish that particular one. But um, you know, now it's it's going to be about you know there, there's probably going to be a little reset after the rush of these first two games. But um, and and you hope the energy that he brings translates into better results here moving forward this week, starting against Carolina. But uh, this guy just absolutely crushed the recovery timeline from that wrist surgery in late December. You know, I think you and me kind of called that, not to pump our own tires, but we, we said that if there was anybody that was going to beat a timeline, it was going to be Kirby Doc because he continues to do that. His development, his recovery, the tenacity, the want, the drive that that guy has is impressive to me. You know, he was one of my favorite people last year to talk to in person, even when we didn't interview him on TV or it wasn't the subject of a story or, or a storyline that I was going after, you know, uh, for the pregame show. I would I would go up if Kirby was sitting in a stall and I would just have a conversation with him because he's so intellectual and he's he's got that drive and he's got that it's um, you know I call it jam he's got that jam mm-hmm. and 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 I I was super excited that he got back so quickly and I, I think it will be a shot in the arm for the team and I agree with you I thought he was I thought he was spectacular this weekend yep and uh, so now this coming week looking ahead we have Carolina as we've been discussing coming in on Tuesday and Thursday first time in a while the Blackhawks have seen the Hurricanes who seem to be actually better than they were earlier in the yeah. season and then you get tested again here. It was originally a back-to-back in Nashville this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. That Sunday game was moved from Easter to later in the month on the 19th, which I think is actually going to bump us on one of our Monday nights to a Tuesday. But you have to find a way to to come through against Nashville. First things first, Carolina. And, man, they are really flying high and knocking on the door of first place once again. Yeah, listen, I think a lot of that, as Justin said, the credit goes to to the uh, the pedigree that, that is being built there and, and Rod Brindamore and, and, and what he's trying to build within that organization so yeah keep an eye on the carolina hurricanes that's it's definitely a team to watch and i think they've they've emerged as a stanley cup favorite as well and, and hey maybe uh maybe potentially on the blackhawks side some exciting news uh regarding stan bowman this week i'm hearing in the rumor mill. oh really okay well so, i'll uh, uh i'll uh, get tossed I'll around stand there by for that thanks so, for that yeah, little uh, yeah, nugget yeah, you you, you tease you um and uh <laughs> the other great thing that we saw this week real quickly Kevin Lankinen. Uh I mean, a lot of people had yeah. their doubts about him hitting a rookie wall or whatnot, but the team didn't play that well around him sometimes. Uh, no. Was Kevin perfect? No. Was his level exactly like it was back in February? No. But, man, he bounced back and, and actually looked good as well in that loss on Saturday at Nashville. Yeah. I mean, you expected him, and, and, and with all due respect, you expected him to come down to earth a little bit after that you know, incredible through the stratosphere start and and I think that even the even the sort of comeback down to earth and now what we're seeing him in that bounce back has has been the MO all year even when he started to get those starts he wasn't you know he had some oopses here and there but he certainly bounced back and he certainly got enough confidence to bounce back whenever he's feeling down but he looked great the kid is so resilient and and so impressive can't see how he finishes out the rest of the season we got to finish up this show thanks so much buddy we appreciate you getting Justin on for us and uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday night All right, thanks for everything buddy you have a good one we'll see you soon you too and we also want to thank uh, Marky 
Eaton for joining us and the Blackhawks media relations staff for uh, making that happen, as well as Nick's buddy, Justin Williams. We also want to thank our producer, Curtis Koch, our engineer, Brett Jackson. And a reminder, uh, join us tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. It's a, a 6.30 start tomorrow night at the United Center for the opener of these two games against the Carolina Hurricanes. So we will have the pregame for you at 6 o'clock, followed by John and Troy's call at 6.30. Thursday night's the usual 7 o'clock start. And then, of course, a matinee on Saturday. The Blackhawks getting another crack at the Nashville Predators, who have leapfrogged them for fourth place. Coming up after the 8 o'clock news with Roger Battish from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom, it's John Landecker. We thank you for joining us here on Blackhawks Live, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive.